Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, everyone. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. You know today's guests from Vikings, The Hunger Games, Lone Survivor, and Guy Ritchie's The Covenant in theaters now. Here's Alexander Ludwig. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. Alexander. Anna. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. You know, the coolest thing about our business is when you get to meet your heroes and when you get to work with people that have inspired you. And I've had it two ways now where somebody has said that to me. And it's times like this where I have it with you, where it's like, I've known of you and loved your work for a very long time. So I'm so happy that we get to finally meet. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I want to ask you, who gave you this kind of compliment? It was crazy. So there's this thing in Vancouver called the Boys Club. And it's this thing I work at whenever I get a chance. And it's for usually a lot of inner city kids in in Vancouver who are in and out of gangs or trying to figure out how to stay out of prison or whatever. And, you know, just trying to get their footing when they don't really have a lot of role models, especially male role models. So for me, I've done a lot of stuff that's like hyper-masculine. And like I want to show or help be a part of teaching them what a real man is. So I'll go and I'll speak at these places. And I had this one guy come up to me once, be like, I really want to be an actor. What should I do? And I kind of gave him like, look, you know, the basic, here's what you need. You know, you need to get an agent, you need to do this, you need to study and this and that, and you can never give up. It sounds simple, but it's so hard, as you know, that it's that consistent, constantly just persevering and persevering and persevering. Because I believe the people who really get a career in this business aren't even necessarily the most talented. They're just the ones who never gave up. And so I told him this. And then, of course, years later, I'm on a set in Micronesia shooting a Netflix film. And this kid comes up to me and he goes, do you remember me? No. Yeah. No. And he he was the kid that I talked to at that thing. And it's like, holy shit. I've never actually said that story before. And it's one of those moments where I'm like, like, I think fame is so overrated. But that is worth its weight in gold. You just spoke about the idea of masculinity. Will you talk to me a little bit about what that means to you? It's funny because I think that we live in a world where, especially now, where the idea of being a man, like be a man, is so all over the place, right? It's like there's just so much talk about what that is. For me, and again, I can only speak for like my own experience, but like a real man to me, is somebody who is fearlessly vulnerable, who can talk about their issues, who communicates, who tries to live with empathy. It doesn't mean that you can't be a tough guy. It doesn't mean that you can't be strong and formidable if that's what you want to be. I just think that underneath it all, the most brave people that I know are brave because they're willing to be vulnerable. 
that is, to me, like real braveness. How did you arrive at this? I grew up with a lot of women in my family, and that like really helped. I feel more comfortable around women than I do around guys, to be honest. You know, I have a very strong mother who has believed in me since the beginning. Like, I really wouldn't be here without her as a role model and two sisters who I love dearly and a brother who's incredible. And my father, who's, who's amazing in his own right. But I've always been surrounded by this real appreciation for women and just in general. And I think that naturally that kind of empathy and just things that I would say are just more naturally feminine qualities kind of bled off on me a little bit. But the truth is, I think I really started to realize that through my sobriety. Because when you go to rehab, and that's something that I did, um, it's actually about to be my five-year anniversary of uh, sobriety, but there's no magic pill. And this is what I tell people, like when you're trying to get sober, you don't pay and go to rehab and you're good. Like you have to want that. And part of that means that you have to do a lot of the work that none of us want to do, right? You want to just push aside all those traumas or those experiences that are driving you to be a certain person. And you have to get really honest and vulnerable. And I think that that was a huge turning point in my life too. Thank you for talking about that. Yeah, of course. So I just saw your movie, The Covenant. Yeah. Which addresses the aftermath of the United States military in Afghanistan and the idea that our country may not have followed through as well as we could have, which uh, of course is a vague generalization, but could you tell me what the story meant to you? My caveat to this is everything I'm going to say is just based on my limited knowledge and experience of all of this stuff. Because politically, I wouldn't say I'm the most well-versed at understanding this, but based on this story, I think this story is really about consequences. And it's about taking responsibility for what we do. And I think that's a beautiful part of this story. That's why I was really grateful to be a part of it and why I jumped at the opportunity when I could. But at the heart of this story, it is about a man who risks his life to save another man. And the military makes a promise because by doing that, by the interpreter saving Jake's character's life. And for our listeners, we're talking about Guy Ritchie's new movie that stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Dar Salim, Alexander, and a lot of other incredible actors. And it focuses on, well, it emphasizes the individuals who helped the U.S. and the personal repercussions they experienced. You know, and this is a, f a fictionalization of that idea and that concept that we made promises that were not kept. And we left people vulnerable. We left people vulnerable, yeah. And it's a very scary thing. Now, if somebody said to me right now, um, give me an example of that, I don't have a specific example. I know that on a more general term that this has been something that has consistently been talked about. And if we talk to some of the people like in the military, they can get more specific in terms of what stories. But this movie is a summation of exactly that concept. So I read that you shot it all in Spain. Yeah, yeah. How was that experience? It was incredible. I mean, like I said to you earlier, that's the beauty of this business. Like I've been a fan of Jake and Guy for years and years and years. And now we're working together as colleagues and we developed an amazing relationship. And you feel like you're a part of an incredible story. Dar Salim, who, who played the interpreter. Did, he is just brilliant. Phenomenal. Brilliant. And what a role for him, you know? And again, that's the beauty of film. I just think that films like this just make you ask the question. How much did this really happen? Or what promises were broken that we don't know about? And really, this is just a story of brotherhood. Funny enough, I did a movie called Lone Survivor 
back in the day. And a man in Afghanistan actually risked his life to save the only SEAL left in that film. And because of him, he survived. And that guy was given asylum. So it's just promises. Some are kept and some are not. And this is really just a story about honoring your word. Okay, back to the personal questions. But Would you consider yourself a romantic and when were you first in love? Oh my gosh, I'm definitely a romantic. I think I was watching a scary movie and there was this like blonde woman on the screen. That was like the first like crush. (laughs) Um, But um, totally, I think the first time I was in love, like puppy love, man, like I was early. Like I was just, I loved everything. But her name was Ava Appleby. Oh, what a great right? name. I know, I know. And if Ava listens to this, she'll laugh. She's back in Vancouver. But I always told her, like, she was my first big crush. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about, like, a tough heartbreak. Man, I think every heartbreak is tough for its own reason. But a really tough heartbreak was my first one. And I think that is for a lot of people. I think there was, like, there's, like, a Buddhist quote that says, like, you fall in love three times. You know, like the one first one is poppy love. The second one is the one that you think is the one, but it's the third one. That's like the real one. Anyways, but like for me, the first one was like my first real relationship. That was really tough ending that because I was still such a child. Do you mind my asking how old you were? Yeah, I was a late bloomer. So I wasn't in a proper relationship until probably like 21 or two was my first real first love. And I took it on. Like for me, I was never in a relationship that I didn't think could lead to marriage. I wasn't that guy who needed to be dating somebody all the time. It was like, I see a future here. And I would even take that on financially, even when I wasn't ready to do that. So that was like a huge stress for me. And it was tough, man. You feel so lost. My wife and I talk about this now. I look back on these toxic relationships. And by the way, ones where I was equally as culpable in the toxicity, like just looking back. But- That all had to happen because it makes it so clear about what you actually want. And I tell people this all the time, be single, be alone, learn to love yourself. That is so important because if you can't do that for yourself in a relationship, your relationship's going to crumble because it is not your job to make your partner happy. You're there to support your partner, but like they got to do that for themselves to be in a healthy relationship. 100%. And that took me a long time to figure out. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In that relationship, that one in particular, did you break it off? Yeah, I've broken off pretty much every one of my relationships. But it had come to, that first one I definitely broke off. But, you know, I've been cheated on and I've done all, and I've had all that experience too. So even though I might be the one to have broken it off, it's not like it wasn't done earlier. Right, right. Like trying to make a bad thing work. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thank you, by the way, so much for being. It sounds like I'm wrapping things up. I'm not. Yeah. I'll see <laughs> but, you later. It's great talking. Yeah, bye. Bye. But um, <laughs> no, thank you for being so forthcoming. And you oh, are expecting a baby. Yeah. Soon. Really soon. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. I've only given birth to one child, and I yeah. will only give birth to one yeah. child because I'm older now. But there's this funny thing. It was told to us by Amy Poehler that you go through this thing called like baby television where you just stare at your infant like just absolutely mesmerized for hours. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. So are you nervous? You know, I'm 80% sure the baby's mine, so that's great. <laughs> no, I'm beyond excited. Honestly, am I nervous? No. I'm not. I'm really not. And maybe it's because I'm crazy. But if this was five years ago, I'd be shitting my pants. I think now I'm at a place where I'm excited for the clarity in my life of this is what matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want that. I don't drink anymore. I'm not out like I was in my 20s. I get my highs from my family, my friends, adventures, and building. Feeling really good in the morning. Yeah. And like building something. I think that honestly, all my daughter is going to do is just light that fire even more underneath me. Shit. Like I want to feel good, not just for me, but for her so that I have my mood in check so that I don't, I don't want to traumatize my kid. You know, like I don't want to be in a fight with my wife because I'm not feeling good. I love that responsibility of just taking that on. I'm ready for it. I bet you're going to be a great dad. Ugh. I mean, thank you for saying that. And honestly, it's taken me a long time to get here. And I know that there's things that I am not even... If there's one thing I've realized is that we don't know anything. As you get older, I'm just constantly surprised at how little I know, right? I'm 30 right now, and then I'll meet somebody. And be like, no, I think I got to figure it out. And then five years from now, I'll be like, I didn't know anything back then. And I feel like that's kind of always the case. So I know that there's going to be a lot of bumpy times ahead, but I'm really excited for it. Okay, so before we started recording, we were talking about how you went ice surfing. <laughs> Will you tell me about your draw to adventures like that? So I actually used to compete in freestyle skiing in Whistler. So like oh, big mountain, wow. yeah, big mountain skiing and slope style skiing was like my those was like my two. But big mountain was like my main thing, which means what does that mean? So wow. big mountain is you're given like a run. And you go to the top of this untracked run. And then the judges will be sitting on like a cliff nearby. And you drop cliffs and you do tricks. Does that mean that you're going like I ski? And I'm yeah. like, I don't know, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm like a 5.5 to a 6. Like I, yeah. I'm okay. I have confidence in my body. But does that mean that you're going through like powder? Yeah. Nothing has been groomed. Yeah, no, no groomers or anything like that. It'd be like a double black run. And then you basically find the way to make the smoothest and most stylish run. So you'll drop cliffs that they have nearby. You'll do tricks. 
you can flip off something and keep going. And best I ever did was second place, but it is really a fun sport. And I thought that that's what I was going to do. And then eventually acting kind of took off. One thing I do though, I have my parachute at the drop zone in Austin is I have my A license. So I, I skydive recreationally, which I oh love to do. Oh my God. Yeah. Tell yeah, me what awesome. that's like. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool now because now you just have fun, right? So like we'll be flying planes and I'll be hanging off the wheel and then just like let go, right? Like in the air as it's flying. It's the coolest shit ever. I wish our listeners could see you sort of yeah. reenact hanging yeah. onto a plane yeah. and letting go. <laughs> there's, there's an amazing video I have on Instagram a year to go a while back. But like my buddies and I, we rented inflatable unicorns. And we went up a hot air balloon at like five in the morning and we rope swinged off the hot air balloon with oh. our unicorns. And there's videos of us flying through the air, riding these unicorns. It's so fun. So like, that's where I get my highs from now. Like I love that. And honestly, nobody will believe me until you do it, but like it really isn't as dangerous as it sounds. Statistically, the most dangerous thing about skydiving is driving to the drop zone. It's like once you're there, you have two parachutes. If you know what you're doing, you're totally fine. Base jumping is the next step, and that is where it gets more dangerous because you only have one parachute. So if things go wrong, then you're kind of screwed. Whereas what I do, it's not nearly as dangerous as it sounds. I'm interested in what people perceive as an irrational fear. Like if yeah. somebody is afraid of spiders or flying in a commercial airplane or, yeah. you, you know, do you have one of those? And then also, have you felt close to death. Yeah. So I'm I'm terrified of small spaces. Terrified. I hate being constricted. My biggest fear would be getting buried alive. Like that is just horrible. I don't understand how people can do it. Elevators still freak me out. Like getting stuck in an elevator would just, like I'll jump out of a plane like it's nothing. I'll climb a mountain like it's nothing. But if if you put me in a small space, it fucks me up. I don't know why. I think you know, my parents told me that when I was a kid, we had a babysitter one night and she locked me in a in a bathroom and turned off the lights for like, it felt like an hour. It was probably only 15 minutes to like teach me a lesson or something. And I think that might've messed, I don't know. I've just always been claustrophobic and I really want to work through that. I went through those like tunnels in Vietnam. I don't know if you've ever been to Vietnam. No. You know, it's so special. It's so special. And they have these tunnels where the Viet Cong used to go through. So like I got partway through and they made them bigger so that tourists like me could go through it. But I'm a big guy already, and my heart was jacked. And they have these little exits that you can take every 20 feet or 30 feet or whatever. And I was just like, I'm out, I'm out. Like, I just, I can't. Like, I'm going to hyperventilate and have a panic attack. So that's a really irrational fear. But I can't believe that you took on the challenge, that you already knew that about yourself, and you were like, I want to combat this. Yeah, I really want to get over I mean, <laughs> when I was doing Lone Survivor, I was— playing a rookie in the, in the movie. And Mark Wahlberg and Peter Berg, our director, locked me in a little box. And they left me for like five minutes. But like, I was flipping out. But yeah, yeah, I'd love to get over it. I think it's just impressive that you're actively working on it. Have you seen those people that cave dive and they go yeah. through squeezes? I'm like, yeah. you're, you're, you're insane. I could never understand that job, ever. It's unbelievable. So tell me about ice surfing. It just sounds really cold. <laughs> I'm not a strong swimmer, and I don't trust my body in that realm at all. And especially when your heart is kind of gripped 
your lungs are sort of gripped with freezing temperatures. That feels awful, I would think. But you loved it. Do you know Wim Hof? Do you know who he no. is? Huh. Actually, I can put you in touch with him if you want. He's known as the Iceman, and he's broken 40-plus world records. He's climbed Mount Everest in his boxers. He's a really tragic story. He was When he was younger, he had four kids, and his wife committed suicide, and he thought his life was just over, and he found relief Wait. in the cold water. He's a fascinating human being, and I've always wanted to know him, and luckily he had seen Vikings, which was a TV show I had done and was a fan as well, so like we ended up communicating and have been loose friends for a while now. But I think the cold water thing, like cold water therapy, that's something that you get used to by you acclimate to it over time, right? So if you had like a, a cold plunge, for example, and you didn't have it on super cold, but every day or even just every day, you're like, you know, for 15 seconds, I'm going to do a cold shower. I love the cold water because it makes me feel so refreshed. Did you ever do the polar plunge? Like in uh -huh. Seattle? Yeah, uh -huh. you know. Like, so it's like on Orcas Island at camp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So you go, yeah, run in, yeah. It's like you feel it, you still feel rejuvenated. So I think over time, the more you do something, perhaps the less terrifying it is. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jonas. Hello. Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good. Hey, thank you. I'm here with Alexander Ludwig, who is just fucking rad. Hello. Jonas, I can't thank you enough for your letter. Will you tell us and our listeners what's going on? For sure. I'm looking for casual consistency. So I really love this term, by the me way. Me too. Me too. <laughs> it's good, right? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty term. good. <laughs> so I think for me, it's figuring out that I'm not necessarily ready to be in a committed relationship. So I know I'm not able to give the person what they need or and deserve. So I'd rather just be honest about that. But I'm still human. I still need a connection and I still need to have feel like I get along with people. But it turns out that when I tell that to girls, they seem to think I'm just looking to play them. Seems like they're, uh, they can't believe that that's reality. They just think I'm saying it to have someone to sleep with, I think. Well, it does kind of sound like that, but let's get into it a tiny bit, if you don't mind. For sure. I appreciate your honesty, your straightforward, you know, like, yeah, you want physical intimacy, you want a friend, but you don't want to necessarily plan a future. Is that correct? That's pretty spot on, yeah. I don't normally love to ask how old people are. But do you mind telling us a little bit about your situation? Sure. I'm 29 and I got out of a five-year relationship in December. Oh, oh, this is interesting. Okay. Yeah. So what I've been missing in life is the feeling of independence and just feeling like I can do whatever I want. It's very rarely 
attached to the physical aspect of a relationship. Like, I don't care as much about that. But I do love, you know, having someone to go to a farmer's market with or go to a bar on a Friday night or just that level of company, like feeling, I'm sure we all relate to the feeling of liking someone. It evokes so many feelings and it makes me feel alive, you know, but I can tell I'm not ready for a a full-on committed relationship because I just got out of one. What was your level of heartbreak when your relationship ended? I think the heartbreak was based in just losing a best friend. We both knew it wasn't really working anymore. We were like roommates more than anything. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's still someone I've been with and lived with for five years. So she knows me better than most people other than maybe my mom. So it's a loss in that sense. Are you still in contact with her? Yeah. We're we're still really good friends. Okay, Alexander. Dude, I think you got it figured out. Everyone can define their life the way they want to define it. The only thing that matters is that you're honest about it. And if that's what works for you right now, you go for it. Now, the question I would say to you is, would you do that with you? You know, if you were the girl, would you do that with you? If you find somebody who's down for that, that's fine. But I think the key is just absolute rigorous honesty. And if you're open about that, like, listen, I got out of a five-year relationship. I really don't want anything more right now. I can't really be that for you. If you want to go to the farmer's market, you want to hang out, that's fine. The one thing I will tell you, though, is I was like that after I got out of this very serious relationship. I was like, I'm not dating somebody for like four years. And the funniest thing is that it found me when I was in that place. Mm. And I think at that point, as long as you're being respectful of yourself and the other person and you're honest, nobody could ever fault you for that. You know, Alexander, would you mind elaborating a little bit on that? Yeah, no, I mean, so before COVID, I was living with somebody in Los Angeles and it all blew up and I got in my car, put all my stuff into storage and I moved back home into Vancouver. I drove to Vancouver, lived with my family. And when I got home, I remembered this girl that... I had met years ago when I was shooting Vikings. She had just come out and visited with one of her friends and totally platonic. And I was like, I wonder what she's doing. And I hit her up for lack of a better word, for complete casual consistency. That's all I wanted. I wanted casual consistency. You know, I wanted all the benefits with none of the none of the strings, right? And it was very, very shortly after that, I was like, oh my God, she's special. And it was like, I'm done. Because I'd been through enough bad stuff that it was very easy for me to realize the good and how easy it was. And now we're married and we're expecting a baby. Wow, congrats. Thank you, man. So I think everybody's on their own journey. And I just think the the only thing that matters is that you're honest. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're respectful and honest, nobody can fault you for anything. Everyone will have their own opinion on what should and shouldn't do. You got to do you, you know? And if it sounds like you're doing exactly that. So, I mean, all power to you. I appreciate that. I have two thoughts. One, Alexander, is that I love the smile on your face as you talk about your wife. Yeah. And I also appreciate the idea of complete transparency. But Jonas, how has it been received? Have you gone out on dates and you're transparent and it hasn't been received well? Or how does it go? I think for me, it's like Alexander says, the, the most important thing for me is to be honest about it. Just I am really not trying to lure anyone in. I really am not. You know, I'm way more comfortable just 
keeping it open. And then if it suits you, it suits you. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's okay. I think the biggest challenge I've ran into is certain girls say that they're okay with it. And then uh-huh. a few weeks in, they start asking me why I haven't reached out in a couple of days and starts asking me, like, am I seeing other people? And I'll have to remind them of what I said from the first moment. But I can kind of tell that they hear what they want to hear. They're not actually hearing what I'm saying. And that's usually when I take a step back because I know where that leads. That's when my needs go into the backseat. And I realize that this person is going to get hurt very soon if we keep this going. So then I kind of have to just cut it off. That's usually what happens. Do you miss being in a relationship? I'm I'm not the kind of guy that goes out and dates a ton. Yeah, like I said, it's just a human connection of things. It's the yeah. having someone to talk to and a, like a sparring partner almost. You know, yeah. just having a good time with someone that is also like biologically you feel a little giggly almost. Like I, I love that feeling. So, so, but don't you think if, I don't know, this is me also being human. When I have that feeling, I also want to own it a little bit. Mm. What do you mean? I mean, I want the assurance that that person feels the same about me. I want to delight in somebody as much as they delight in me. I want that. Mm-hmm. That's that's me, though. That's yeah, just yeah. me. But you're young. And I think it's completely admirable that you know what you want, that you want an intimate friend. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how many other people will... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I hear what you're saying, too. Here's the thing. You're doing nothing wrong. You do you. But if my sister said that she was going to go on a date with you, I'd be like, run for the hills. Yeah. Like, you, sh- you should not be with this guy because he's not ready for a relationship. But I don't fault you for that at all. I think that's fucking awesome. You got to do you, man. And I think that that's, uh, to be honest, I respect the shit out of that because you're just being real. I think that that is being way more of a man than doing the opposite thing, which you also could have easily done, which is saying that you are ready for something like that. Right. And then just being a scumbag. That's not you. And I love that about you. One thing I'll just say, you seem like an awesome dude. And I'm just telling you just as somebody who's around your age too and has been through that, you show me the most beautiful, attractive person, man or woman on the planet. And I will show you somebody who is tired of, Mm -hmm. of having sex with them. Mm-hmm. I think that eventually, and I, that's a really rough thing for me to say, but I just mean, all I mean by that is eventually, eventually that is not enough. And I think that casual kind of thing, it gets old very fast. And mm-hmm. if it's okay for you now, that's what matters. But I'm just telling you, just in my own unsolicited advice is just eventually you want to find somebody who can be a partner and somebody who you can really love. And that's what took me by surprise the most out of my marriage was that the things I thought I valued when I was younger, none of them played a part in my decision to marry my wife. All that matters is this woman, I love her on a level so deep and it's so based around friendship and communication and respect. Mm -hmm. All the others, because at the end of the day, all that is going to fade at the end of the day. You know, she's mm-hmm. not going to look at my shivered up body wanting to have sex with me, you know? <laughs> it's like, we got to be able to have a talk. Yeah. I kind of want to go back a little bit to your ex. If you guys are still in contact, how does that sort of play out? Do you find yourself on dates where you are 
comparing like, oh, my ex would have understood this joke or mm. how frequently does that sort of tick? Does that make sense? I guess I just exploring these ideas, if you don't mind, maybe. Yeah, of course. I think it's a quite unique situation because when we ended it, we kind of left a little bit of like, we should, this is a unique relationship. It's kind of like Alexander is saying, it's so intensely based on friendship and understanding each other. And the physical aspect of it is all the way at the bottom of that priority list when we're together. And so when we did break up, it was a little bit of like, a, you know, we should definitely see if there's something here in the future because I've never experienced this with anyone either way. So it was almost like we gave each other time to, okay, I need to do something on my own. It's not about sleeping with a ton of girls, but it's about having that independence, that autonomy to do me now. I'm 29. I feel like I have been given this amazing opportunity to spend two, three years just doing me, which most of the people I know, they don't get that when they're my age. They're usually in a committed relationship by now, and they don't get that opportunity to travel on your own. Can I ask you really quickly, if she got married tomorrow, would you still be happy doing you this way? I, th I think uh, that would be a little bit more of a challenge, yeah. Uh, there's definitely a little bit something there that I would like to work out first. Are you holding on to the idea that she'll be waiting for you like after this period goes by? No, I was aware that when we broke up, I was also risking losing her. I was aware of that. I knew that was part of the deal, but I just felt like I needed my independence. And, and yeah. she did too. You know, she moved to San yeah. Francisco. Okay, uh, and that's good. wanted to work really hard for a couple of years and like build her own little future career-wise. And nice. it, it really just aligned like that, yeah. How frequently do you guys speak? A couple of times a month. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, like text. Does she reach out and say, how are you? Like, how does that look? It's like good friends. It's if she has a challenge at work or if her dad is being mean or whatever personal stuff she goes through. It's like almost like I'm a commodity in her life. Like she can use me because I know her so well that I can give her some sort of a perspective that I think would benefit her. What does your heart feel like when... You see a text from her. I mean, I love her and always will love her as a person. If there's a romantic relationship there in the future, it's not there now. That's all I know. And that's all she knows as well. I'm like, dude, what are you, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> You're crushing it, man. Keep doing you. It sounds like you guys both realized that at least the time for now, it, you guys are growing independently. Should we, should we be asking Jonas for advice? <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I do believe that probably most of the people that you attempt to articulate this philosophy to will probably be like, oh yeah, I totally get it. Mm, I'm down totally. with that. But then they come in later with the like, wait a minute, uh -oh. you know, you said you'd yeah. call or whatever or text. Yeah, I do think there's an element of me being able to be romantic and intimate without attaching feelings to it. Like I can go to the beach and watch the sunset and hang out with a girl. And then I can go home and not think about it anymore because I've put my cards out and I've said I'm not looking for anything more. But I still love these moments. Like I live in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. That's the hardest part for for girls, I think to not attach any sort of like, wow, this was amazing. Like I'm having a great time with this guy. Like, There's no way he just will go home and not think about this, right? Because this was a 
really cool experience. Alexander, I know that you need to leave soon. Would you mind giving us some words of wisdom? I mean, I don't know if it's words of wisdom, but I can only speak from my own experience. But like, I kind of agree with Anna, Jonas. I think it's just too early right now. One day you'll be sitting there enjoying a sunset with somebody and you want that somebody to be there for every sunset. But I think you're looking for all the right things. And honestly, the way you're even approaching this is actually, I think, really healthy for finding that person. To be honest, I think the person we should be talking to on this is whoever's getting frustrated with somebody like you. Because mm-hmm. those are the people where I'm, I'm like, hold on, he told you. He told you this mm-hmm. is how he wanted to be. And you have every right to step away from that. For example, I was in your position. My wife said, this is how I feel. And she put it on to me. And I was like, you know what? Then I want this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, we're not in a casual relationship. Like we are in a relationship now. But she gave me that opportunity Right. And I could have just as easily been like, it's not the right time. But I felt like, no, like I do want this. Right. So I think that the healthiest thing you could do in any relationship, and I tell this to people when they're single, learn to love yourself. If you can get to a place where you are comfortable alone, it is the most powerful place in the world because when you are good, it's like when you're on an airplane and they go, make sure you put your mask on first before you help somebody else. Because if we do not know how to love ourselves, we cannot love other people. And we cannot take care of our relationship. I need to know, and this is why when I take time for myself in the day, I'm not just taking time for me. I'm taking time for us. I'm like, honey, you got to let me do this for me so that I can show up for us. Wow, yeah. I need to go to the gym. I need that time so that when I come home, I can be me. Mm. Right? It's like that kind of a communication. So, dude, keep doing you, man. If people don't feel right by that, they have every right to leave. And if yeah. you're okay with that, then boom. Yeah. You know? Wow, that's great. That's so well said. Yeah. That's really, really well said. Thank you. I could talk with you guys for yeah. hours. This is awesome. I can't thank you enough for your letter. We don't get a ton of men asking us questions. I'm so glad Alexander was here for this. Me too. Jonas, thank you so much. Please be in touch. Thank you both. Thank you both.